Hierdie preek word aan jou gebring dier Shofar Christian Church. Ons vertrouw dat die boodskap jou sal seen. Ons audio en video preke is beskikbaar by Shofar TV. Laat dit geris af en deel dit. We will praise you in every season. Also, my name is Eugene Dolman and you guys are welcome to take a seat. Dankie Pieter. Thank you Josh. Some of you might ask, what is the sofa? <laughs> Not the sofa. <laughs> the sofa doing up here, but you'll, I'll let you know just now, just now. Just quickly want to get to the notes. So isn't this morning such a powerful testimony of Jesus where young believers came and they surrendered everything? You see, we specifically baptize people that believe. People that has come to faith and said, I surrender to you, Jesus. During this year, we've already baptized over 120 people and 30 more people will be baptized today. And maybe you are sitting here this morning and you've all also contemplated baptism. Then I want you to really listen to the sermon this morning because the Lord is going to speak to each one of us here this morning but also specifically to you um, if the ushers can quickly take up the offering thanks Vilia for reminding me I get some notes there from from the from the back which is awesome so we we specifically say not groot doop or what what is groot doop in in English <laughs> big baptism <laughs> we say baptism of believers you see when we come to faith scripture is so clear I remember there was at a time a young man that was in my small group and he asked me why should I be baptized and at the time I was just so busy running around and getting stuff sorted out and I just told him Scripture says that we need to be baptized. So this morning we're going to look at a couple of scriptures and hopefully this will make you clear and we'll get to the, uh, the sofa, the shofar just now. Okay. <laughs> There's a message in this, this shofar this morning. <laughs> sofa. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. You see, it's so clear that we need to repent before we are baptized. And what does repentance mean? It means that we change the direction that we are following. We say the things that we have done, we're not going to do them any longer. And we believe Jesus. That is when we come to repentance, is when, when everything in us turns and we follow Jesus. Where we're not one foot in the world, but we say we're following Jesus. Then we've come to repentance. But it says here, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16 says, 
And he said to them, go into the world, that's Jesus speaking, and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. But this part, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So we, we don't have to go into like a lot of theory and a lot of research. We just need to read what Scripture says. When we read what Scripture says, we come to a clear conclusion. If we read Romans 6, verse 3 to 4, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. See, when we are baptized, there's a newness of life that we walk in. Now, I remember when I was baptized in 2003. I remember I came to know the Lord on the 18th of May 2003, but it took me until November before I got baptized. See, many times in the culture that we grew up, there's a lot of traditions that we many times want to follow. And it was quite a battle to actually come to the point of being baptized. There was a lot of things that were speaking in my mind. I was also thinking a lot about my parents, what they would think, and also wanted them to be there. And then eventually, in November, it happened. And I was baptized. And I had the privilege of having my father and my mother's mother, my grandmother, at my baptism. You see... When they saw that I went under, they recognized and realized that Eugene's life has changed. See, if you had to go and speak to some of my friends from school, now they would tell you who Eugene was. But if you speak to my friends here, they will tell you who the baptized Eugene is. Because that old Eugene died there in the bath. And I had a nickname at school. Uh, Fortunately, it wasn't the ugly one, but... That nickname reminds me of the old Eugene. His, his nickname was Dolis. <laughs> so Dolis died there in the pool. <laughs> He's not coming back because Jesus saved him. But it was quite, quite a challenge to actually come to that of being baptized because of the, the tradition and the way that I was brought up. But scripture is so clear on what it says about baptism. I'm going to ask Kevin quickly to share his testimony on baptism. I prepped him before the time. <laughs> Good morning, church. Yeah, so um, a couple years ago, I also came to know the Lord. I got saved, and I didn't think baptism was a necessary part of my whole Christian walk until God just truly spoke to me through scriptures and scriptures and also had some great mentors there to help teach me these things as well. And um, in February last year, I got baptized here at Shofar as well. And yeah, <laughs> praise the Lord, uh, my family was here to see those things as well. And the, the true testimonies from those things was not only that my old self died, which is an absolute relief, but it's also... Um, 
the fact that uh, my identity in Christ was just made so much more firm. I, I truly knew that I was a son of God, and not only was that identity shaped, and I could truly know that I am a son of the God Most High. Just the authority of, of a Christian walking through that has been baptized as well changed so much. And uh, not just in my own personal journey, my own walk did that change. It's a couple months later, my sister got baptized. My mom's been coming to church. My sister took over a cell. She's been baptizing people, and it's like, God is so good, and he works, he moves. So praise the Lord for that. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. Sure. When you truly know that you are a son of God, isn't that precious? Thanks for sharing that, Kevin. Wow. So, this morning, why is this here? <laughs> Do I look comfortable? Maybe sit a bit more like this. Does that look comfortable? Let's put it up like that. It's a bit, it's stretching here a little bit. <laughs> like it to sit on the, I'm going to re rename it now, the shofar. No, not, let's not rename it the sofa or the shofar. So while I was preparing for the sermon, the Lord gave me this picture. He said, I must put this sofa up here on the stage. Because the question in preparation that I asked the Lord was, what keeps us as believers from growing? And he clearly showed me that it's our comfort zone. It's when we get comfortable and we just sit. That's so profound. When we get too comfortable. And that happens to all of us. Yesterday, um, we spent some time with, with some people and I was preparing for the sermon and the Lord actually the morning gave me a word for somebody that we, that we spent time with. And... I was busy preparing, and I was like, yo, this is quite important to prepare for the message for this morning. But I also had this word, and I had to make myself uncomfortable to go and speak to that person about that word that the Lord has laid on my heart. You see, we very easily fall into a comfort zone, and let this be a message to us this morning that we need to step out of that comfort zone. We need to step into the place where the Lord is calling us. Now, I've got some good examples here this morning, but sure. When we are truly led by the Spirit, our lives are transformed. You guys probably heard the story about the two dogs that fight each other, but they exactly the same dogs. Two big great Danes. Let's call them two big great Danes. Which of those dogs is going to win the fight? They, exactly, they look exactly the same over a period of time. Which one will win? Who can tell? Exactly. Thanks, Murray. <laughs> so the one that you actually feed more is going to win the fight. Sure. And that's so profound. You see, what are we feeding in our lives? Are we continuing to feed our flesh or our soul or are we being fed by the Spirit? 
I've got some interesting examples this morning. So, don't you want to put that picture up for us of our beautiful dog? I think the screen froze. <laughs> That's Ben and his house dog, and we're currently staying in a community house. The dog's name is Verdau. He is an absolute heartbreaker. He's beautiful. Now, some of you might know Verdau. If you've come to our house, you'll definitely have met Verdau because he's just all over the place. He's such a beautiful dog. But Verdau is like every time he's so excited when it comes to feeding. You see there, his, his bowl is already empty there. Can you show the other picture? Yeah, look at that, huh? <laughs> so Verdau is always glad to see you. And they're not actually allowed in the house, but they sleep in the house in the evenings. And because it's now cold in winter, so they, they actually stay in the, in the little um, foyer area. So they've got their blankets and all this stuff there. And a couple of weeks ago, one evening, at about 2 or 3 o'clock, Delita wakes me up. And she says, now we're living on a farm, so immediately you're sort of a bit more parat. And she says, now I can hear something. Something is, is downstairs. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> so she says, no, I'm certain. I've heard something downstairs. And I'm like, okay, now I must get up. But when, when I get up, it's, it actually takes a while for me to, for every, all the senses and everything to come together. But here I am, I'm up, and I think I took my, my cell phone torch, didn't take weapons or anything like that, and now I go down the stairs but I'm scared. Yeah, I go down. And she's upstairs. She's got a phone with her. I don't know who she's going to phone, but I'm walking here and I'm going down. I go and look in the, in the one area of the house and I see nothing wrong. And then she says, I heard again, I heard again. So I go around the corner and there's Verdau. <laughs> so Verdau decided the carrot cake that Izel baked the previous evening was too irresistible. So he opened the door and we actually kept off the carrot cake for the children for the next day. And he took that carrot cake from on top of the shelf. He took it down. He sort of just a little chip on the plate, but he had that whole carrot cake with the plastic and everything. He ate everything up. Um, <laughs> I can actually tell you many stories of it though. He's a heartbreaker. But... Um, this morning, the question is, what are we feeding on? What are the things that we are feeding ourselves with? You see, if we are feeding ourselves with the things of the soul, that dog is going to win. But if we feed ourselves with the things of the Spirit, if we are truly being led by Holy Spirit, then our inner man becomes so much stronger. And even the things of, of the soul, we, we become not interested in those things. I was sitting with, a, with our two boys. We've got quiet time with the boys every morning for 30 minutes. And if you are sitting here and you're not having time with your children, I want to beg with you. Spend time with your children. 
you as a family together, spend time in the Word, know what is going on in their lives. That's just a side note. So we were sitting and I was trying to explain to them how to be led by the Holy Spirit or how to be led by the Spirit. And I used the following example to explain how it shouldn't be. I said, close your eyes. So everybody here, okay, please don't think of a pink elephant. Muni, who, who didn't think of a pink elephant? <laughs> There's only one in about 100 people. So, when we say, don't do things, then we automatically do those things. When we become so sin conscious, even now while I was speaking, I know that there were one or two people that was thinking about the time that they spent over a year on the sofa, in front of the TV. <laughs> And not feeding themselves with the Spirit. Feeding themselves with the Word. But the key over here is not to try and stop this. The key over here is to fill yourself with things of the Spirit. By spending time with the Lord. Spending time being quiet before Him. Remembering your testimony. The second thing that he told me, I first want to read the scripture. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sure, this is so mooi gestel. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. See, each one of us, we've got a journey of faith that the Lord is calling us on. If we try and stop to do all the other things, we will not succeed. But if we are obedient to where the Lord is calling us, we will stop with all the other stuff. Because there's a greater purpose to what we are doing. Each one of us that's sitting here has got a great purpose in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So the second thing that causes us to stagnate is a false sense of maturity. When we think we are mature. Now I think Mariette Loebscher used it at the, at the women's conference. She said something like this. If you think you have arrived, you have at the door of deception. <laughs> That's so profound, eh? If you think you have arrived, you have arrived at the door of deception. You see, we continually need to grow. What would be a good definition of true Christian maturity? I read up a lot on, on this and there's only one thing. It's only a one-liner. Becoming more like Christ. Becoming more like Christ. Maturity is not I am saved for a very long time. Uh -uh. Maturity is when we become more like Christ. More Christ-like character is formed in us. And you see, when we are here, it will never form. Our character will never, never, never form. I'm actually enjoying this a little bit too much. 
Let's get up. Wil ooit gesien dat iemand lee in die kerk? Huh? Oké. Okay. All these qualities and capacities, that's Jesus, were perfectly attuned to the will of the Father. And this is the model, the standard God has set for us. Sure. So everything that Jesus did was in tune with the Father. Everything. And this morning, the invite is for us to be in tune with the Father's heart. It was so beautiful that what Kevin shared earlier, when we get baptized, we truly know that we are son. We are God's son. I want to read scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13. And the last part, verse 13, is actually the part that, that I want to put emphasis on. So Christ himself gave the apostles, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I want to share this, also another testimony this morning. But before I share that, I just want to say that we need Holy Spirit. We cannot attempt this without Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be so present in our lives. You know, Sundays are for testimonies of salvation, miracles, and things that has happened during the week. I want to share this morning a testimony of, of something that happened during this week. We had an encounter one course on Thursday evening. Who of you have att attended encounter one before? I'm glad to see many hands raised. Ben, how was encounter one? <laughs> changed his life <laughs> you see at encounter one we share on the basics of the gospel what it is when we come to salvation how it works we speak on baptism we speak on holy spirit baptism and what's so interesting when Sias made the altar call there was about 30 people that came forward that responded for salvation and in the crowd was also somebody very special. And this person also put their hand up and they responded to the altar call. And then see us, through the help of Holy Spirit, gave each one of those that responded a very, very accurate word of knowledge. He told them things that were present in their lives that he could not have known at all. And at the end of the encounter or after the altar call we we normally take the guys that responded and we go and pray with them and this person that i prayed with was so offended because he said no this must be fake this cannot be real somebody tipped him off with the notes of some sorts it it just can't be he's seen this and now i'm sitting there and, and i'm explaining i'm just loving this young man 
and just explaining how much Jesus loves him. And I see there's still some things that is in his heart that is like keeping him from taking that next step. And then we went back to the, the second session and, and see, I started the second session and he started with the following words. Nobody gave me any notes of anybody that was here. And if you can testify to that, that, you, that I don't know you and that I've never even spoken to you and you had a word now, then I want you to please stand up. And most of them stood up. And then Sia said, that is testament to you that God is real and that he cares and that he loves. I mean, what is the chances that 15 people stand up with a 100% accurate word that was spoken over their lives? This morning, this baptism is a testimony that Jesus is alive. That is the greatest testimony. Is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And this morning, the invite is there for us to come to him. Sure. Acts 4.31 says, And then they had, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm going to continue until somebody says amen. And they continued. The plot that fast but why could they preach the word of God with boldness? They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this morning, Holy Spirit is here. You see, many times we go on with life and we forget the day that we came to salvation. See, that should be one of our greatest testimonies is the day when we found Christ. When we gave everything over to him. That should excite us. You see, that's the most powerful that thing that each one of us have. When we know Jesus. When we've encountered him. When we've come to salvation. When we've surrendered everything to him. There's nothing more powerful that, than, than that. You know why? Because nobody can deny that. Nobody can deny what has happened in your life when you surrendered everything to Jesus. Because it's a living testimony that Jesus is alive, that he loves and that he cares. But you know, sometimes we go and sit in the sofa again and we're just so mature. Sip on a wine or whatever. We're just like so mature. I remember when I came to salvation, there was not one person that I met that didn't know or that I didn't share that I came to salvation and what Jesus has done in my life. Not one person. Every single person. Remember driving in a lift club to work and I would make those ladies crazy about all the testimonies that I shared. I think they just waited for the day that I, that I didn't join the, the lift club because I was just crazy about Jesus. Amen? <laughs> and that is what we are longing for, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to share our testimony. Do you know that we can use our testimony to lead somebody to Christ? 
And that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm sorry if you are sitting on the sofa. This morning you're going to get up from the sofa. Going to be maybe a bit uncomfortable. But that's also good. You see, we need to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's not the pastor's only job to make an altar call and speak about the gospel. It's the saints' work. And we need to teach the saints how to do the work of the ministry. And leading somebody to Jesus is only one thing that we do. But it's a very special thing. Sharing the gospel with somebody that works with us. Sharing the gospel with somebody that we encounter at the shops. And this morning I'm going to give you a couple of keys. So I hope you are making notes. Are we there? Okay. To your right is a bit black. It's not there yet. It will get there just now. (laughs) So this morning, how did you meet Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? I want you to listen because I'm going to give you an opportunity to share with the person next to you. You should all be equipped to lead someone to Christ through your testimony and scripture. Okay, close the doors there. Just lock them. Nobody can run away now. <laughs> We're all here. Niemand mag hard loop blij. But that makes us feel uncomfortable, eh? Like, yo, can I share the gospel? We make so many excuses like, I didn't do all the trainings at the encounters and all of those things. Um, yeah. It's other people, the pastor, I can tell, of Kevin, what gedoop is, I can tell. Kevin, it's your job. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> John, yep, it's your job. Is it? It is your job. Amen. <laughs> Don't go like that. We're not in India yet. <laughs> it was a little inside joke. Um, so the question is, how did you meet Jesus? Was it through family? Was it through friends? Was it that you were searching for a greater meaning of life? I mean, there's so many testimonies of how people found Jesus. But what is your testimony? Was it out of a place of desperation? Was it by reading the Word of God? I know a persecuted country where a lady were handed a Bible by a South African and that lady came to salvation. A hundred percent, a hundred, hundred percent Muslim nation. And by the person giving her the Bible, she came to salvation. She came to know who Jesus was. Isn't it amazing that we've got the privilege of sharing the word in a space like this? I think we sometimes take it for granted that we can come together like this. Guys, when persecution comes, There's going to be great danger, especially for the Western church. Because we like this. And we want to sit in in that sofa. And this morning, we're going to get up. We're going to eat that comfort zone. And we're not going to feed the desires of the flesh. But we're going to fill us up with the spirit. You see, when we share our testimony... We must make sure that we share that it's 
Not our best attempt. Our best attempt is not good enough. You see, when I grew up, I had a lot of friends that was extremely naughty. I also had a lot of friends that was goody two-shoes. They did everything by the book. You see, by doing good things, we cannot earn salvation. There's no way for us to get the righteousness or receive salvation by doing good works. That will never, never, ever work. And I had this lie in my mind when the Duomini came to me and he came to visit me when I was about 18 years old and it was time, that time of the year where the new uh, congregants are um, what's voorgestelled? Confirmed. So he came to do a house visit. And at the end of the house visit, he asked me the most profound question that anybody could ever ask you. Eugene, if you had to die today, will you go to heaven or hell? Yo, it shocked me. It was like a bullet that came straight for me. I tried to duck it, but I knew. I didn't know Jesus. But I also knew that all the buddies that was doing all the stuff that I did was also going to come on Sunday. And if I tell him now, no, I'm okay, or I'm not, I'm not okay, then on Sunday they will say, sorry, you can't be confirmed. So what did I do? I told him a lie. I told him, no, I'm okay. Because I thought, oh, God wouldn't be that tough. If everybody's doing all the stuff that I'm doing and I'm religiously going to church on a Sunday, then obviously I will be okay. But you know what? That question never left my mind. I even went to the darkest places in this world, but I took my Bible with me, my big black Afrikaans Bible, because I had something in me that was searching, but I was more for the world than I was or living more in the world than what I was living in the kingdom. And I've not had a personal relationship with Jesus. I didn't know him. I knew a lot about him. I knew a lot of people that talked about him, but I didn't know him yet. I haven't come to surrender. You see, even if I did everything perfect, and I did all the Sunday school lessons, and I lived almost a perfect life, that would still not be good enough. Amen? You see, it's only when we surrender everything to Christ that we can become righteous in God's eyes. When we surrender everything, when His blood washes us clean from that sin, from that filth that's keeping us bound. And not even your best attempt at living sinless is good, good enough. It's only, we are only saved by the grace of God. Can I get an Amen? So when we share the gospel with somebody, there's a cost of following Jesus. We need to make that clear. You see, many times we just say, yeah, come to Jesus and your life will be just like awesome, amazing, awesome, the best life ever. <laughs> Who knows Jesus and has gone through challenging times? Okay. Make sure when you share your testimony that you also share that part. That we don't share a half-baked gospel. You see, when we come to salvation, there will be many trials and many tribulations. But the key is that Jesus is with us. 
We can rely on Him. We can know Him even in the greatest pain that we can ever suffer. We can know Him. And that makes the difference. When we surrender everything to Him, we can know Him like a father. We can know Him like a friend. When we share, share about the love of Christ. We'll get to some scriptures now. Also on eternity, I share just now, what is your view on eternity? This world, the secular world, is falling for postmodernism. Now John Yip can tell you a lot more than me about postmodernism. But postmodernism already happened in the Garden of Eden. When Satan deceived us and when we decided we want to be the king of our castle, when we wanted to be our own God. And that is what is happening today. People are rebelling. They are standing up. I can choose whoever I want to be and however I want to be, I can live my life. That's how it is. You deal with it. It's your problem. A couple of weeks ago, we went on outreach in, in town and one of, one of our members shared, he didn't even share the gospel. He was just in town where there were some people that, that was busy parting up a storm. And then the one person said, he just started to accuse him because he just wanted to love, love the person. Started to accuse him that you hate gays. I mean, he, he didn't even say anything. This person with gender confusion came and he started to accuse this friend or this person that came that went out you see that's what society has fallen to I can be who I, whoever I want to be and that is one of the greatest threats that we as believers or the world is facing but we need to be bold. We need to be out there. I can tell you stories of people that came to salvation because, they came, because the people went out to share the gospel that evening. These people, that's the first night that they came to salvation, after they, was, after they were invited, they came, gave their life to Jesus and started to pack chairs, unpack the chairs in the evening. Isn't that special? Every time I see that, that person, it, he reminds me of myself because I was exactly the same. I was still smelling like the world, but I was hungry for Jesus. And my life was transformed. The more I reached out for Jesus, I didn't even decide to stop smoking, stop using marijuana, stop drinking, stop watching porn, stop all of that, that stuff. I didn't try. I never wanted to. Not anymore. Because I found Jesus. See, when we, find, when we find Jesus, our lives are transformed. We cannot be like this in the world. We cannot. That's not a testimony. That's a disgrace. We can't sit there either. We need to get up. <laughs> we need to share the love of Christ. Maybe I'm coming across strong this morning. But sometimes it's when we wake up from the comfort zone that things start to happen. Share also some of the difficulties that you've encountered. Share supernatural encounters with Jesus. Testimonies. I can tell you testimony upon testimony of how my life has changed and how I've seen God's hand in situations. From at work to on mission, every single place. There's so many testimonies that I can share 
about God's hand and his supernatural grace that steps in when we follow him. And that's what I want for each one of us. Each one of us that we are led by the spirit and not by the soul. So I'm, also these four scriptures is very important. There's a couple of ways to lead somebody to, to Christ. This is the Romans way. So I'm going to start, I'm just going to read just the one-liners. You can go and read the scripture before and the scriptures after. It's always good to actually have scripture in context. But just for memory's sake, it's good to also have it like this. So Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Not even your best attempt is good enough. Then Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? <laughs> Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that's probably the most powerful part of sharing the gospel. His own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it says earlier on that scarcely somebody would die for a good person, but no one will die for a bad person. Nobody would die for a sinner, but Christ died for us as sinners. Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, sure, you will be saved. Isn't that amazing? When you confess that and you believe it in your heart, you will be saved. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you share with somebody, if the person is a stranger or a person that you know, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and listen to what the person says. We can't share the gospel and it's just like a one-sided affair and we just like bombard the person. That will never work. We need to have the same love that Jesus has for the lost. Sure. On Wednesday evening or Thursday evening, there was also somebody that has gender confusion that attended that encounter one. But he was met with the lover of his soul, the one that can save. You see, we can either accept him or we can reject him. Sure. Listen intently to the person and ask questions regarding their spiritual journey. Always point to Jesus when sharing. Take the focus off yourself. When we share our testimony, it's not to share all the stuff that we've done wrong or how bad we were. But it's about sharing what Jesus did and how he transformed. But take yourself out of the spotlight. Point to Jesus. Step out in faith by sharing a word of knowledge. Sure. If you haven't done SOS, go and do SOS. If you haven't done the encounters, go and do them. If you are struggling to hear the voice of God, I want to say to you, 
come to intercession on a Thursday morning at 6 o'clock. You will sit there and you will pray with other people and you will experience that something comes up. And then at first you will think like, is that only my thought? And then the next moment, somebody else will pray exactly that thought. Then you start to recognize and know the voice of God. Come to intercession on a Thursday morning. It's nice and early. You will surely get out of your comfort zone. This morning, I just want to honor all the guys that got here early this morning to set this church up. If you guys can just stand. Let's just give them a applause. Okay. Thanks, guys. They got out of their comfort zone and they came to set church up this morning. Ask the person if they want a living relationship with Jesus, like you explained, the same type of relationship that you have with Jesus. You see, when we are full of the Holy Spirit, people will be drawn to Christ. If they say no, they're not rejecting you. Don't take it personally. But be bold to share the gospel. Oeh, ons is amper daar jylle. Die gedeelte, hou die dere toe, maak toe, maak toe. Het kom nou. <laughs> so if that person is ready to repent and believe, lead that person to Christ. And it's very simple to lead somebody to Christ. We, I gave you all the scriptures. So when we repent and we believe, when we surrender everything, it doesn't have to be like a 10 step, like 15 different points that we go through. Because many times we actually get bogged down with like, did I follow the right procedure? Tell your life story. Share from the heart. Share what Jesus has done. Pray through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Share a word of knowledge. That many times opens a door up. If the Lord shows you something specifically about that person. I want to read this last scripture before we're going to get up from our sofa. Sofa? Revelations 12 verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death, to the death. Shock. Are we willing to die? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of their testimony. That's how we overcome the enemy. That's how we get up from that place. It's when we start to share our testimony. Thank you that you have listened. Ons spreke is beskikbaar by Shofar TV. Besoek www.shofaronline.tv om het af te laai.